Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today I want to teach us about agreeing with God. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I'm going to read us a very wonderful portion of scripture. And I want you to hear the words that are being read today because... Every anointed man of God who has results personally has a few defining moments with God that sort of disrupt his mindset about something and open them up into the vastness of God's knowledge concerning a thing. And the effect of that usually or many times is the increase and multiplication or additions that start following. Whether you are talking about the realm of revelation, I know the door that opened it. Whether you're talking about the realm of healing the sick, I know the door that opened it. Whether you're talking about the realm of increase and growth in the ministry, I know the way that opened it. So there are doors, you understand? So yes, even though we have our walk in life and sometimes we find frustrations, in our walk in life, it's important not to forget that door. It's important not to forget that way, for he says, I am the way. It's a revelation in Christ that preserves you and can help you repeat certain results in spite of any attacks or frustrations. You understand what I'm saying? Even if I left this nation and went to another nation and started a ministry, I would still know how to produce the same results because it's a way. You understand? You must know how. When Paul boldly tells the church that I know how to be full and I know how to be a best, for I'm instructed both in having much and having nothing. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. He says I'm instructed. It's an instruction. It's a knowledge. He knows how. He knows how. It's a dangerous thing to live a Christian life by chance or by coincidence. It's possible in the spirit for you to stumble on certain things that you had prior not intended to stumble into either one by reason of association that you are with a man burning incense and then by that grace when the glory of God comes you partake of that man's experience you know we have seen Lot get into the graces of wealth because he walked with a man who had a covenant Abraham but that doesn't mean that you should live the life of stumbling in two things you know, yes, some we will stumble, but in whatever you stumble into, if it is of God, always seek his mind and revelation in the way there. Because if you don't have that, you cannot lead men. You cannot take men where you have not been. Somebody shout hallelujah. I have a young man, I sat down for two, three years and I told him the word. <laughs> and he left this country and went in another country and he sent me pictures in two years sitting 2,000 people. What does that mean? Something in me was multiplied on his life because I know the way. You should know the way. Somebody shout hallelujah. So 
the sermon that I'm going to teach you is one of those gates, one of those doors that were opened for me. And it has blessed me so immensely. And it's the one thing that I go back to in meditation every time when I feel that I have questions concerning a certain course in life. And these are the words, Eliphaz, the Temanite, tells Job in Job 22 from the 21st verse. The Bible says in 21, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Those are two things. Thereby, good shall come unto thee. Somebody shout, good is mine. He says, receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. He says, if thy return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Where's the returning? In the acquaintance and being at peace with him. If you return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. You'll walk out of the life of sin. Then, he says, thou shalt lay up gold as dust. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. You shall lay up gold as dust and the gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yeah, he says, the Almighty shall be thy defense. That's protection. And thou shall have plenty of silver. He's still talking about wealth. Then thou shall have thy delight in the Almighty and thou shall lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. You'll live in a life of answered prayer. That's what he's saying. You'll live in a life of answered prayer, and you will honor your vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. You'll live in a realm of speaking things, and they just happen. You'll live in a realm of confessing things, and they'll just happen. And the light... The Bible says, shall shine upon thy ways. The light shall shine upon thy ways. That means the favor of God will attach itself with anything that you do. Somebody shout hallelujah. When men are cast down in situations when things hit the world, like COVID season, poverty season, they've fired people, the company has retrenched and they have chased away all the employees. When, you know, the seasons are bad, when the weather is bad, when the elements are not favorable in the time of human existence. He says, when men are cast down, he says, then thou shalt say, there is a lifting up and he shall save the humble person. Now, I want you to understand this. How does that happen? How do you get to a point where there's a casting down? For you, it shall be a lifting up. Because, like the verses earlier had said, you're in the realm that can decree a thing and it happens. Are you following? He says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy way. So when men are cast down, so when you are in issues or situations where men are cast down, because you can decree a thing and it shall be established, you shall say, there is a lifting up and it shall be so. So your tongue will have power. Somebody say, my tongue has power. And the Bible says, you shall deliver the island of the innocent and it is delivered by the pureness of thy hands. So God will also use you to deliver many. Can you imagine that kind of world for a second? Can you just take a minute 
Because I don't think that I have the language to clearly express that kind of well. This is only a vision that can be cast on your spirit for you to see what I'm talking about. When a man is agreed, when a man is acquainted with God and is at peace with him, that man will never lack anything. That man will be under the protection of God. That man's ways will be lead. He shall have favor and grace in whatsoever he does. That man will be protected and defended by God himself. That man will make a prayer and every prayer that man or woman makes, it shall be hard. Whatever they decree, they'll live in a realm where they just speak forth things and those things come to existence. Isn't that a beautiful world? So you wake up and say, by next week, I'm going to have this and you'll have it. By next year, this is going to happen and it shall be so and not otherwise. So in the times of trouble and testation, when the world is sulking and downtrodden, you shall stand in that time and decree things and they shall be so because you have a tongue that has authority. You have a tongue that has authority. But where does it begin from? It begins with agreeing with God, being acquainted with him. If you will read that verse 22, 21 from the Amplified, it says, acquaint now yourself with him. And in the brackets, it says, agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. Agree with God. Very powerful. I'm going to explain it. Don't worry. Agree with God and be conformed to his will and be at peace and be at peace i'll also get to that and help you understand what it means to be at peace but he says agree with god and show yourselves to be conformed why is it important to agree with god because i now i'm sharing my own personal story i was born again loved the lord many years ago faithful in my tithings and fast fruits as a giver to the poor I paid fees for orphans and fed widows, still do. I lived a giving life. And so my pastors then had taught us that when you give, it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosoms. We knew the promises that are given to us. We knew the grace that is given unto our Lord Jesus Christ. That then is passed unto us as he becomes poor, that in carrying our poverty, we might be rich. I knew all the promises of God and that in him there were yea and amen to the glory of the Father. But I was not seeing the results of the life that I read in Scripture. I was not seeing the harvest of the seed that I was sowing in Scripture. And this is financial in a way for my example, but it cuts across for your relationships, it cuts across for your ministry, it cuts across for your careers, it cuts across for your dreams, it cuts across for everything that I know in the world to do. The principle is the same. When you understand it, it changes your life. And God, by his infinite mercy and grace, in seeking to ask questions of answers that I could not find for many years, revealed it finally to me that I was not agreed with him. I was not agreed with him. I was not agreed with him. I preached about willing and obedient. See, I was obedient, but I was not willing. And the place of willing was agreement with him. I was not agreed with him. So I go on a journey to understand what it means to be agreeable to God to conform yourself, to prove or show yourself, show yourself, listen, show yourself 
to be conformed to his will. Show yourself. That means there has to be an outward expression, the inward conviction of your obedience and submission to the will of God. It has to be clear. Your actions have to show it. So ask God, how am I not agreeable? In the book of Acts, the 18th chapter, Paul and Silas and Timothy are moving and preaching the gospel in different parts of the world. And in the fifth verse, the Bible says, when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and he testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. He was pressed in the spirit. And the Bible says, and when they opposed themselves, when they opposed themselves, when they set themselves against what God was giving them, the Bible says he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads and clean from henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. Of course, one that it was not given uh, as a grace to Paul to speak to the circumcised, that was a place for Peter and James, as he later testifies, as he grows up and matures and understands that grace is given where the assignment is. He later comes in Galatians, he says, when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be the pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, uh, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen or the uncircumcised and they to the circumcision. So James, Peter, and John had the grace to the circumcised. Paul had the grace to the uncircumcised. Now, he testifies in scripture that his heart was smitten. He was pressed in his spirit by conviction. But also there was a pain in his heart that when he's trying to speak to his brethren, the Jews, they don't seem to understand it as a Bible. It's very clear. He has said even once in scripture that I, O oh brethren, wish that I was a cast off for the sake of my brethren, the Jews. Paul loved the Jewish nation that he was ready to given his life if it was a guarantee that the salvation of his brethren, his kinsmen, was given. That's just how much he loved them. So to love a person, to wish them good, to pray that they come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, no matter how much you will weep for, this person is lost, or that person, my cousin, my uncle, my friend, you can weep, you know. But you see, it does not change the fact that a man can walk off the course and oppose themselves. It does not change that a woman can just wake up and say, you know, I think I'm not going this way and course. God is not a striving person. You see, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will not strive with man. You see, when the king brings Baal in the temple, God does not chase Baal out because he's a jealous God. In his jealousy, uh, thought, he actually leaves and leaves this man to relate with Baal because love the revelation God is love. He has not made us mechanical. He has given us free will. Imagine if you make a robot, if you create a robot that by force loves you. You see, that's not genuine. You need to have an experience where you can give it free will to either respond to you or not because if it does, then it what? It loves you. And that's how God has made us. You know, he has given us free will. We have the choice to choose him or go the other way. Somebody shout hallelujah. But in scripture, we see the man of God shake off his raiment. Yes, perhaps we could go to a master class and teach about how then to seek that which is assigned to you. But notwithstanding whether Paul was given the grace to preach to the Jews or not, 
it was expedient for them to receive Jesus Christ because he was giving them eternal life. And so the Bible says he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon thee. But that's not the first time we've seen that. In scripture we've seen, he says they go in the city and they preach the gospel <laughs> and these men refuse to receive the gospel. So the Bible says they dust their feet and they say, seeing that you find yourselves unworthy to partake of this salvation, he says, Lord, we turn to the Gentiles. You find yourselves unworthy. That's a very powerful scripture because in there is the understanding of how easily a man is not agreeable with God. To find yourselves unworthy, he says, of this salvation. He says, therefore, we turn to the what? To the Gentiles. Now, we also see later on the servant of God, he says, must not strive. But in all meekness and gentleness, instruct those that oppose themselves. If for adventure, the Bible says they will come to repentance and to the acknowledging of the truth that they might redeem themselves, that they might recover themselves from the snares of the devil for which are taken captive by his own will. So you see, we've had experiences where people oppose themselves. And this is how I oppose myself. This is my personal story. Depending on where you grow up from, the kind of education that you've received, the kind of your experiences as you grow up as a child, the things that you see, the world that you're exposed to, the words that are spoken to you as you're growing up, the setting of the systems that are at play in your life, it is easy for you to disqualify yourself. And it's possible for you to become born again, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but still stay glued in a certain mindset, in a certain form of interpretation of life. And because of that, you find yourself having thoughts and responding in actions that actually disqualify you, that are not agreeable to God or by God are opposing yourself. For example, if you were raised in a poor family, you could think that there is a certain wealth that you don't deserve. There's a certain wealth you will never have. There's a certain wealth that should never come to you. Because whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? There's certain places you feel that you don't desire to enter. There's certain experiences that you don't feel are in the scope of your life experiences and where you were exposed, you know? There are women who feel they're not beautiful enough to be married. There's a man who feels that he's not handsome enough to be married. There's a woman who feels that she's too old to be married, to have children. There's somebody who thinks that they're not educated enough to have a certain opportunity. There's a brother watching me who feels, oh, you know, my color cannot allow me to get into certain places. My tribe will never allow me to get into certain graces. My networks and relationships are not built enough to allow me to operate in this kind of grace and glory. It's very easy for you to oppose yourself without even knowing it. But why do we oppose ourselves? Because of our past experiences. I have met people in my personal life of counseling who are so stuck in their past that they have no vision for the future and they do not know. They live in their past. Who hurt them? Who did this? Who did that? And they are just stuck that they have no bearing of the present and the future. They're just in their past. What affected them 10 years ago, they still bear the consequence of that. And their eyes cannot open beyond 
the 10 or 6 or 20 or 30 years that I heard of them, those people oppose themselves. Somebody goes for a job interview and they're already opposed in their spirit. I'm just going, but I know they're not going to give it to me. But I'm just going anyway because... Let me just put it in there. That's opposed. You're already opposed to yourself, but you don't know it. You are already disagreeable with God, but you don't know it. It's in the attitude. It's in the actions. You see? Why shouldn't you go in a very nice hotel or restaurant and buy yourself an expensive meal? There's something in there in you that is opposed, that tells you, no, I need to live within my means. I can't go and eat food there. That place is for them. You underline it. You see, you're opposed, but you don't know it. You're walking on the streets, and then you see a shop, and then you enter, and they tell you this cloth is 2 million Ugandan shillings, or it's $1,000 or $2,000. And then you say, ah, this is not my place. And then you go. You see, it's one thing to say, I don't have that money. But it's another for you to think that it's not your place. That's opposed. You see? And then you go look for the place where you belong. You go look for the clothes that you think fit you right. You go buy the car that you think fits your means. You go build a house that you think fits your means. One time a spiritual daughter of mine came to me and told me, Apostle Grace, I'm a single mother. And I have looked at my accounts. I've looked at how much I can access in the bank. I've looked at every situation. And the best I can, I got a design of a house. And then she brings me a house and I look at it. And the Spirit of the Lord tells me she's opposed to herself. So I tell her, this is not the house you're supposed to build. She said, what do you mean? I say, in the Spirit, I see a storied house and I start to describe it. And her joy is like, where will I get that money? She said. The bank can't loan it to me. My salary can't give it to me. And then she goes, oh, no, 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 no. So I tell her, okay, let's do this. Can we get an architect and they design the house and then leave me to believe? Can we just agree on that? We get an architect, then you leave me believe. Just let me believe. And she said, Apostle Grace, tomorrow, so we get this architect, they design a very nice house, of course, way more expensive than her budget she had planned. And she built it in less than a year. <laughs> in less than a year. So recently she sent me photos and I started dancing and I showed my wife and I said, look what God did for our daughter. You understand? But you see, and I thank God for that kind of faith that you see, at least she was willing to believe. At least she was willing to say, okay, let's go. Let's just go. Tell your neighbor, let's just go. Come on, say it. Tell yourself, let's just go. Call your name and say, let's just go inquire of yourself where is the place in me where faith was frustrated that I can just lose it right now and say your name and say Peter, John, Lubega let's just go somebody shout hallelujah sometimes you just have to go Paul says I can do all things by my networks he said I can do all things by my education he said, I can do all things by my bank account. No, he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I discovered that I was not agreeable with God. Why? 
I disqualified myself from God's best. I don't deserve this car. I don't deserve this life. I don't deserve this ministry. I don't deserve this network. I don't deserve these connections. I don't deserve it. You just feel it in your head, but you don't even know how or why you have those thoughts, but you think that you don't. And in there, the devil is giving you all the 120 reasons why you don't deserve it. And guess what? Because as a young Christian, I believed it for a long time. Like I said, by his infinite grace and mercies, he sat me down and told me, your problem is not poverty. Your problem is not that you're not exposed to the pulpits you need. Your problem is not the television stations. Your problem is not all these kinds of things. Your problem is not the nations and the doors. Your problem is that you are not agreeable with me. You're not at peace with me. You have peace with men, but you're not at peace with me. So that means it's very possible to be at war with God and you do not even know that you are at war with God. So he says, get to acquaint yourself with me. Get to agree with me. Get to know God a certain way. When David is speaking to his son Solomon, he's about to go and he's leaving over all the responsibility for a king. He gathers all the princes and the princes of all the tribes in First Chronicles 28. And then he calls all the leaders and then brings them together. And then he starts to speak words over his son. And in the 28th chapter, 9th verse, David tells Solomon, he says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of your father. Know the God that you believed. Acquaint yourself with this man. Agree. When you study literally, it means agree with the God of your father. You say, oh, I can't have children. But do you know your God? Oh, I cannot have this. But do you know your God? It's too late. I can't go through. The, but do you really know your God? I can't break through. There is no way this can happen. Do you know your God? It's not possible. Do you know your God? Do you know the God of your father? For those of your spiritual sons, if you have seen results in my life, do you know my God? Yeah, I saw a video from South Sudan. A guy had cancer in the leg. And this guy stood up and started running. Cancer left his body. The blood just dried immediately. Do you know that God? Do you know that God who heals through a camera? Do you know that God? So David is telling Solomon that know the God of your father. Or at least know your God. He says, know the God of your father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. The willing there is agreeable. With an agreeable mind. Serve him with an agreeable mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. And if thou forsake him, he will cast thee out forever. Now listen. He says, you seek him. He knows your heart. Remember Jeremiah? The Bible says that I, God, try the what? The reins. I test the heart to give to every man according to his ways. They see, it's one thing for people to judge you. And it's possible to be judged by anybody. But God knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows our hearts. 
and he will give us according to our hearts don't be mistaken god cannot give you beyond your heart he cannot give you when david wants to build god a temple remember when he goes to the prophet was nathan he tells him why feel in my heart that i need to build god a temple the man tells him do according to your heart do according to your heart because if your heart has it if the revelation is given of god in your spirit you have the ability and indeed this is a secret people don't know that all the instruments and equipment and material that was necessary for building the temple david gave solomon before he went to be with the lord he funded the temple solomon just supervised the work somebody shout hallelujah that means the provision was on the hand of a man who had it in his heart somebody shout hallelujah when you understand that place with god you'll never worry about provision for anything you need because provision is in the heart it's in there it's in there somebody shout hallelujah it's in there it's in there so david had it and he says i the lord search all the hearts and understand all the imaginations of those if will seek him he will be found of thee that means i know who seeks me right and who doesn't you can have an opinion about your seeking of god but god knows the true seeker <laughs> you can have a mind on seeking god you can think that you are a seeker of god but god knows those who really seek him with the right heart that's why i tell people the examination of the heart is a very important thing if you're going to walk this life of salvation. John chapter 17 verses 3 if you will read the amplified and this is eternal life. He says it means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and understand you the only true and real god and likewise to know him jesus as the christ the anointed one the messiah whom you have sent this is eternal life to perceive to recognize to become acquainted with acquainted with acquainted with agreeable with and understand you and the only true son of god jesus christ to know god and his son to be acquainted to be agreeable with him and his son he says this is eternal life Eternal life is not when you die and then you go to heaven. Eternal life is to know to be acquainted with him. He says acquaint yourself with him. Somebody say I am acquainted. Confess it and say I am acquainted. So let's talk about being agreeable. Let's talk about being agreeable. When we read the word, when we study the word, when we are taught the word of god and then we receive it and say this is mine as they've spoken it do we actually understand that everything written in the bible not only is it true but it is for the man to whom it is revealed to work did you know that bible says that the revealed things belong to us so what is that key that allows you to possess the things of god to walk in the things of god what is that key that key is revelation the secret things belong unto our god but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words and the law once you get to the place where god has revealed something to you or as look at that thing as yours already 
What do you do when you're given something? You celebrate. You thank. You see? Why? Because you are given something. So then how do you go to God begging? You see? How do you beg? When everything he has revealed to you is given you, how then do you go to God begging? So the question is, are you a beggar or are you agreeable? See, beggars go to God with needs. Men which are agreeable go to God with hearts to receive what has already been given. Like I said, there is power in knowing how to receive. How much more they that have received the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness shall reign in this life by one Jesus. You see, the power to rule and reign and be above and not beneath the head and not the tail. He says it's according to the man's ability to be able to receive what has been given. See, to be given is one thing, but to be able to receive it is one thing. Now, if God has given you divine health through Christ Jesus, and then you wake up sick, or you wake up with pain, do you beg for healing? Do you ask for healing? Or do you agree with what God has given you? You agree with what God has given you. So how do you agree with what God has given you when you're feeling sick in your body or you got a report from the doctor that you have days and months to live? You see, how do you pray? Some people, the moment they receive that report, they go on their knees and then they start God. What have I done? You see, what did you need to do? And who told you that everyone who has that disease did something? You see what I'm saying? What about those who are born with it? What about those babies who were born yesterday and they are born with certain illnesses or ailments in their body? What do they do? You don't need to do something to get a disease. You don't need to. Because the principle of sickness is not based on what you did. And likewise, the principle of divine health is not based on your past, on what you did or didn't do. It's based on whether you are ready to agree with God or not. You know, some people justify themselves in their lives when they're sick. Oh, you know, one time I was uh, taking this to a child and then on the road when I was taking food for an orphan, I fell and then broke my leg. So they think that because they were taking food to an orphan and they broke their leg on the way, that means that God is more mandated to heal them because they didn't break their leg in a bar. And then another guy will come and say, you know, I went in a bar and I broke my leg, but I believe Jesus can heal. Are you hearing me? You are basing on your personal righteousness to get that healing. There's a man who is entirely leaning his entire personality on God to heal him. And that man is going to walk back with a miracle and you're going to stay sick because you think that divine health is in the realm of your good or your bad. It's not in the realm of your good or your bad. It's in the realm of what Jesus has done at the cross and what God is doing through Christ in you, the hope of glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Understand this thing. It will change your life. Lives are being changed right now. Let's give another example. If God said that I was made poor so you could be rich, but you're raised in a family that is poor, you're raised probably in a community that does not have enough or you have lost your job or you're going through financial trouble or you have a landlord issue or you have a debt issue. All of those things are there. But it doesn't change the fact that God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness and that he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, the heavenly blessing in Christ Jesus. 
It's true. So, are you going to go to God to beg or reason yourself out of this challenge or are you simply going to learn how to agree with God? And what if they chase you out of that house? Are you going to stay agreeable or you're going to beg? And what if you go sleeping on the floor of the church? Are you going to stay agreeable to God or are you going to beg? Because Satan can push you to a place until he wants to hear you conflict in your confession. And the moment you do that, he says, ah, they're opposed. Now I have them. You have no legal right to change that status because they are opposed. You said that if they are opposed, they shall not receive from you. So you have no right even as God to come through this. The only way God can bail you out is to teach you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, yes, you believe that Jesus healed you. And then this disease goes on into the next year. And then it goes on into the third year. And then it goes into the fourth year because you're not yet understanding how. Perhaps the pastor taught you how to be agreeable. And then before you know that, you draw back to perdition. And then in the fifth year you say, Father, please. <laughs> right there. Satan says, I told you. You just needed five years with him. I just needed two years with him. I just needed three days with him. I just needed two months. We just needed to tighten up this a little. Uh-huh. You see the conversation he has with God concerning Job? Uh-uh. Touch him and everything he has. You'll see. <laughs> He'll deny you. And then Job doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's agree. Allow boils on his skin. You'll see. You understand what I'm saying? That's how Satan thinks. Because for him, his mind is clear. He just wants you to get to a point where he can break your will and conviction to just oppose yourself. If he can get there, he has you. Listen, no prophet, no overnight prayer, no spitter or fire, overnight or day can get you out. Because you see, this is a principle. You can go to every man of God until they all know you but you'll never be free. Because you see, God has principles. He has terms by which he works. And these are his terms. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's that simple. First pray, do all you want. There's a place where you can move 20 years, but we shall meet somewhere again and say, but what does the word of God say? Do you know how many people feel unworthy? Do you know how many people are insecure? Do you know how many people don't feel like they deserve the best in this life? They don't even assume that it could ever bypass them. I met somebody who had been so disappointed in the job life for so long. And they said, Apostle, I've applied for jobs until I could. Every job I'm applying, they have rejected me. He said, I even now put into applications. Listen to this statement. But even those ones, I think they're going to reject me. You see, <laughs> listen. But he has the will to put in the application. But is opposed with God. And he thinks that a special word will come out. He can't. This is just the way of the master. Don't leave off people's altars. Build your own. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because you need to change the world too by the testimony of God that works in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. So... I realized with myself that there are many things that I didn't feel I was worthy to get, that I was qualified for, that I was able, skilled for, that I was trained for, that I was ready for. I just had, it was in there. 
Yes, I could believe, I confess, right, I scream, but in there, it was in, in there. If you dug so deep into that place, you know, there's a place that not many things or people are able to get to. But when you're alone, you easily connect to it. That place. When you get into that place, I used to find that there's a part in me that was so opposed to what God has done. So, are you a beggar? Or do you go to God to receive? Are you agreeable? Two, what is your attitude towards the things of life? Your attitude defines whether you're agreeable or you're opposed to God. Can I give you an example? If a king lost a very expensive mobile phone, how they respond? If a king, a wealthy king, of course, kingdoms, serious kingdoms, I'm talking about a chief, I'm not talking about chiefdoms, I'm talking about kings, say, or the queen of England, I had a very expensive mobile phone, and uh, perhaps she's taking a tour in a helicopter and then it falls down. How does she respond? Oh dear. <laughs> My phone has fallen. Can you give me one tomorrow? And that's it. You see? And then she sits over dinner and then she, you know, has a conversation with her sons and grandsons. Can you believe my phone fell over and took pictures? It's a funny story. Grandkids will remember grandma one time had a phone falling out of their hand as she was taking pictures of her what? One time, somebody called me. A puzzle. A puzzle. I said, what? What's wrong? My phone. My phone. I was like, what's wrong with your phone? They've taken it. The thieves have taken it. I'm like, what? She was so upset. You could even hear that. She was so upset her phone was taken. Now, because I've lived that life before, I'm thinking, hmm, she's opposed. <laughs> the problem is not the phone. The problem is she's opposed. And I wish I can take her to a place and help her understand, darling, what's with that little phone? He says, whether Paul or Apollos, whether things present or things to come, he says, all are yours and your Christ. What consciousness is in your head to weep over a phone? Yet you believe in a God who without money you can buy. Somebody shout hallelujah. How did that phone come? It came by faith. Is faith dead in you? Exactly. Are you hearing me? One time a young man walked to me. Attitude, attitude. He said, Apostle, I want to do a good business. But you know what my problem is? He said, yeah. He said, I don't have capital. And I said, wow. In my spirit, how opposed is this young man? How can you say that you don't have capital? But I don't have it. Who told you you don't have capital? What is capital? According to scripture, capital is vision. Not money. According to scripture, according to scripture, according to the attitude of God, he said nothing they imagine to do will be restrained to them. Nothing. He said in Genesis, nothing they imagine to do will be restrained to them. Nothing they imagine. But you see, like my dear daughter, they're not ready to go. Somebody shout hallelujah. Nothing they imagine. So the moment it comes in your spirit, do you have the attitude? Do you have the right attitude? Are you crazy enough to start working? Are you crazy enough to start working? 
My wife is a witness. Recently, there's something I needed to do, a very expensive project. Very, very expensive. Very expensive project. And so, I have the right attitude. So you know what? I went on YouTube and I started Googling videos of the kind of project I wanted to do. Hmm? And every evening, in my meditations, as she goes to bed, I switch it on and I start creating, building it, establishing it. I'm not caring where the money is going to come. I'm not caring how it's going to come. I know that the moment that it has come in my spirit, money is not the problem. So I start, I start, I start. And as I'm watching these videos, I'm creating it in my head. As I'm watching these videos, I'm creating it in my head. As I'm watching it in my video, these videos, I'm creating it in my head. And then at one point, it sank in my spirit. It is done. Now, in my spirit, I had finished building it. In one month, I showed her my statement and I said, look at this. Look at what God has done. And in one month, a certain door was opened to me and I got all the money of that project. All of it. In that one month, I had all the money. Why? Because I'd finished the project in the spirit prior. What did I do? I have the right attitude. I have the right attitude. Why? Because I imagined it. And so I started to have videos to feed my eyes. To feed my spirit. It says that inside the concept, conception, women understand this most. I had to conceive it. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, there cannot be conception without the seed. And the Greek word for seed is spermatos. The sperm. Are you hearing me? So, Luke 8, 11, the parable is that the seed is the word of God. And as I'm watching these videos, I am getting all these scriptures concerning this thing. My attitude is right. Because I don't have it in my head that I can fail to do it. It's not in my head. If I've not done it, it's because I've not just taken time to imagine it. But if I do, it's done. But this is a life I've been living for so long. I've known how to create things. My attitude is right. To live a godly attitude is one of the best gifts that you can live in the life of salvation. Because what is not scarce to God is not scarce to you. What is accessible to God is accessible to you. For ye are his offsprings. The Bible says, what manner of love that God has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. Sons of God. I'm a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Say it, say it from your spirit. Now say it with that attitude. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. My father has it all. One man sang, this is my father's word. Who knows that song? It's your father's world. It's your father's world. It's your father's world. 
Nature is singing all around and the music spheres. Everything is playing the way it's supposed to play because he knows this is his father's world. My father owns everything. He owns everything and this is his world. The gold under the ground is my father's. Whoa, 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 whoa. The silver under the ground is my father's. The diamonds under the ground are my father's. The seas and the oceans are my father's. The land is my father's. Everything is my father's. How can I fail to get a property? How? That's the attitude. So you walk in this world like a king. Hmm. Listen, let me ask you for a favor. This is a prophetic walk. This is a prophetic walk. Take at least seven steps with this thing that I'm a child of God. I, I don't know which angle you're going to do it. Just walk like a child of a king and say, this is my father's world. Everything there is is my father's. Hallelujah. The world's and its fullness are mine to the glory of God because I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. That's the attitude I will never lack. I'll never beg because I'm a child of God. I'm his offspring. That's the attitude. How do you know that you are agreed with God? Your confession. Don't put things in the future. Put them in the now. And don't speak of them as to happen. Speak of them as that which has happened. For he said in Isaiah, he was wounded before he was wounded. He was bruised before he was bruised for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him before the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He is the God that calleth the things that be not as all they are. Child of God, call them that way. Agree with God. If you understand that, you'll never go for a singles fellowship. If you're a woman or a man and you understand that, you'll never go for a singles fellowship. Now I just offended. And not because I have a problem, no, but they're not agreeable. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So that's why if I say single, I say in the flesh, but not in the spirit. Not in your understanding and revelation of the spirit man, the new man in Christ. You cannot be. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are you with me? Yes. Now I know that this liberty can be abused by those who have not yet understood the way of God. But I will not hold back truth because a man can abuse it. No. When they abuse it, we shall correct them. We shall correct them. Are you hearing me? But we cannot hold back the liberty of the spirit of truth to be able to tell men what really happens. Do you see yourself married? Act like a married woman. You'll see. You'll get married in a few months. But some of you, you're married, but you act like you're single women. And then one time they're divorcing, and they're divorcing me. Why are they divorcing you? Perhaps your attitude, the way you think, the way you talk, you talk like a schoolgirl, not a married woman, not a married man. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you know that to agree with God, you're supposed to confess that I'm wealthy, and that's your status, that I am wealthy, I am healed. Yes, even if you're not yet married, start saying I'm married in Jesus' name. Where is your husband? He's in the spirit. I can see him. Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. Somebody shout hallelujah. It will be easy for you to even be faithful. You understand what I'm saying? Because they are coming in the flesh, but in the spirit you know they exist. You'll not waste time. First try this one, then after that you go here. Why? That's a person that you know God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. And lastly, 
He says, be at peace. Acquaint yourself with God and be at peace. Let me explain what it means to be at peace. Isaiah 27 verses 3. In the Amplified, the Bible says, I, the Lord, am its keeper. It talks about the vine. You are the vine, right? Or the, or the vineyard. He says, I water it every moment, lest anyone harm it. I guard and I keep it night and day. If you read the Amplified, I guard and I keep it night and day. Next verse. Wrath is not in me. That statement is so powerful. There's no anger in God. It's so powerful. He says, would that the barriers and thorns, the wicked internal foe, were lined up against me in battle. I would stride in against them. I would band them up together. Verse 5, or else, listen, if Israel would accept being banned up together, there is but one alternative. If they would escape being banned up together, there is but one alternative. It says, let them take hold of my strength, listen, and make complete surrender to my protection that they may make peace with me. How do you make peace with God? To completely surrender to his protection. To completely surrender to his working. To completely surrender to his ability. To completely surrender to his promise. To completely surrender to his word. To give yourself over and say, if you said I can't die, I cannot die. That's having peace with him. Did you understand what I just said? To completely surrender yourself and your will and your thoughts to God. And simply take him at his word and allow him to do what he has to do in you. That is to have peace with God. When you try to use your own ability, your own strength, your own wisdom, your own you know, networks, your own ways, your own carnal interpretations, you are already at war with God. To be at war with God does not mean that you have to fight with him physically or to quarrel with him. No, there are people who are doing things in the means and mind they know how, yet they are actually in deep war with him. Why? Because it's not his way. Abraham sleeping with Hagar to conceive Ishmael was at war with God. Because God's promise to Abraham and Sarah was a child from them, not through a maid. That was human effort, their effort to fulfill the promise of God. That was being at war with God, using your own wisdom and abilities. I've seen preachers who manipulate their way through. I've seen preachers who lie in the pulpits and even cause testimonies that are not there because they want God to work through them or that they want people to easily believe that God. That, that is being at war with God. Being at peace is complete surrender. To allow God, you see, it's one thing to say, I believe that he healed me, okay? But I'm still feeling that pain, okay? Let me surrender to him, knowing very well that he is doing all that is necessary to have this body at agreement with the word. That's a man at peace. You cannot have peace when you're not completely surrendered. Some of you are believing God, but you have kept your own abilities and means in how this should work. No, surrender to him. Just give it all to him and allow him to do. Have you ever woken up one day and you even look for a way out of something and you don't have a way? And then you say, you know what? Surrender to God, you know best. Now, now, that moment 
that moment, the moment you did that, you were at peace with him. You were at peace with him. You were at peace with him. And he's a God who works in peace. He says, agree with me and be at peace with me. And he says, and good shall come to you. I'll defend you. I'll make you wealthy. I'll multiply you. Whatever you need, I shall give. When you make a prayer, I'll hear it. When you decree a thing, it shall be established. When bad days come, you shall proclaim good ones and it shall turn for you. Do you know in COVID we have grown most? You think it just happens? No. No, I'm agreed. I'm agreed. Somebody shout hallelujah. It is that God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. And because he has commanded that light, he is the God in our hearts. The Bible says that shines out of our hearts to give the light of the knowledge, the glory of God in the face of Jesus. That next line says, and that is the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power might be of God and not of us. That light shining out of us to give the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus are the examples of ways God works through us to get the attention of men that they might believe him. That light can only shine when you are agreeable and you are at peace with him. This is a great door. This is a great opening. If you have understood this, your life will change forever in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let's raise our voice and thank God. Let's thank God for his word. Come on, just raise your voice. This is my father's word and to my listening ears all nature sings around me rings the music of the He's hand the wonders round. Help me quiet. This is my father's word. He shines in no sphere. In the rustling grass I This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong sea. 
strong God is the The battle is already done. The battle is already done. <laughs> Jesus who died will be satisfied and earth. Let me decree this on your life. You will not suffer in this world. You will not struggle in this world. He says, I am calm that you may have life and have it more abundantly until it overflows. I decree upon your life that greater days are ahead of you. Greater days are ahead of your family. Greater days are ahead of your household. Greater days are ahead of your vision. Greater days are ahead of your dreams. Greater days are ahead in your marriage. Greater days are ahead for your children. I decree that you are agreed with God and you are at peace with Him. You have the right confession. You have the right attitude. You have the right thoughts. You have the right understanding. You have the right words in your spirit and that you shall be a conqueror always through Christ which strengthens you in Jesus mighty name somebody shout amen if you've never given your life to Christ I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior just repeat these words after me I know you're ready I know you're ready say Lord Jesus I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins it was raised for my glory tonight i receive you as my personal lord and savior i'm born again Amen. the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero ministries international for more information contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.